Tai Chi and Tamatanga change the ladder matches and how we view them on Wrestling Dantaku Night One. And here's why. What up, Rinku Army, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, we are going to continue our discussion of night one of Wrestling Dantaku 2021, and we are currently up to the ladder match between Tai Chi and Tamatanga. Their feud has come to this point in time where the Iron Fingers was suspended above the ring, and whoever brought down the Iron Fingers won the match. So here is some story time about Izuka and the Iron Fingers. Previously, if you guys want to go back into my catalog of podcast episodes, it is called The Ballad of the Iron Fingers. This is where Tai Chi and Tamatanga meet for those Iron Fingers because Tama has stolen it and I explained the story there. But this podcast episode is going to go a little more in depth into who Azuka is and how those Iron Fingers came about, telling you the story to the best of my ability. Takashi Azuka has a 33 year career in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is definitely a staple in New Japan Pro Wrestling and he won the IWGP Tag Team Championships three times. His frequent tag team partner was Yuji Nagata during the early 2000s. So see guys, Nagata is a very big name in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So fans out there in the Twitter world, put some respect on Nagata's name. In 2008, Izuka decided to change his whole persona, shaving his head, his eyebrows, and adapting the hardcore strong style that we see in new japan pro wrestling he became uncontrollable and got the nickname of the great traitor because he betrayed everyone on that new japan roster he betrayed chaos and joined suzuki gun where he definitely fit in especially him growing out the beard having the shaved head the shaved eyebrows just being a total maniac in New Japan Pro Wrestling and probably striking fear in the hearts that stepped up to him and wanted to wrestle him. The Iron Fingers came about in 2008 and that was his main weapon choice. Izuka's career lasted 33 years in New Japan Pro Wrestling and in February 2019 he decided to retire from pro wrestling. So Within the Iron Fingers spans 33 years of New Japan pro wrestling violence by Izuka. His travels from pro wrestling Noah into New Japan pro wrestling, teaming with stables once known as Great Bash Heel. Great Bash Heel was once a New Japan pro wrestling stable, but now it is a tag team, but I believe no longer exists. And then transitioning into Chaos, where he betrayed Chaos and went into Suzuki-gun and fought alongside Taichi and Suzuki. And in his last match, on February 21st, 2019, he teamed with Suzuki and Taichi to take on Tenzin, Okada, and Yano. However... However, in this last match for Azuka, Azuka, Suzuki, and Taichi did not get the victory over Tenzan, Okada, and Yano. 
And after the match, Tenzin, who was once his former partner, his former tag team partner, tried to convince Izuka to reunite friendship tag. But Izuka is very dangerous. And Izuka and Suzuki-gun attacked Tenzin, Okada, and Yano. And after that... Izuka left the iron fingers in the middle of the ring, got his chance, got his lovely respect from the crowd, and he is off into the sunset. And that is the story of Izuka and the iron fingers, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my research. And now, with 33 years stored within the iron fingers, and then the iron fingers got passed to Tai Chi as a remembrance of Azuka and him being in Suzuki Gun and sometimes you can see that Tai Chi unleashes the violence from those iron fingers whenever he is facing Tamatanga or anyone else in his career. And during this latter match, it all came to an end when yes, I'm going to spoil it. Tai Chi managed to get the iron fingers off of the hook during the ladder match to win the match and completely put the iron fingers to rest so at the beginning of this podcast episode i basically said that tai chi and tamatanga changed how we view ladder matches in new japan pro wrestling's history this is the only second ladder match that they had while promotions over here in the states like wwe AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and every indie show that I go to, ladder matches are definitely a staple. Ladder matches are definitely one of those matches that take years off your career. And we as fans love watching it. It's very violent. It's very nerve wracking to watch your favorite wrestler go through a ladder and know that they're going to be hurt and sore the next day. However, when it comes to putting together a ladder match here in the States, we are so conditioned to know that there's going to be predictable spots. We are so conditioned to know that the wrestlers are going to slowly climb the ladder steps in order to prolong however long the match is going to be because, you know, what would it be if they get the prize that's hanging above the ring within five minutes like that wouldn't be a very good match we expect certain things in ladder matches like someone needs to get busted open a ladder has to hit somebody hopefully no one gets hurt in these ladder matches but that's just a few of the things that we kind of expect in a ladder match I went into this match with no high expectations, no low expectations. I was totally in the middle of it because during the row two tours, while yes, the six man tag matches that G.O.D. with Jado versus Doki and Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi were getting a little bit boring, repetitive, nothing new until the days leading up to wrestling Dantaku night one, it started to get interesting. It started to feel like there was a blood feud that needed to end at this moment and not continue further on. Because if you guys heard my other past reviews, I was like, G.O.D. needs to have new people, new faces, new stories to fight 
and they can't keep going against Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. If they do, I need to see something different from Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. more than G.O.D. G.O.D. is totally fine. Both of them can work as singles competitors and tag team competitors. And there's always something new with G.O.D. I haven't seen anything new from Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. And that's my biggest complaint about having them as a tag team and it's like you know sort of evolve your style more do something a little bit different pop out something else I know that wrestling on these road two tours are very tiring they're very stressful they're very like back-to-back most of the time I totally get it but half the time when you want to impress fans over here you can't keep doing the same thing or fall into the same box that you put yourself in that's why I always speak highly of G.O.D. not to get like any brownie points or just to kiss ass it's what I see and I comment on what I see when I do these podcast episodes and so as we got down to the final days of the Road to Dantaku series tour and it was coming up to wrestling Dantaku they started to really up the urgency between their feuds, between the stories. And that's what I appreciated. I appreciated that Tama and Taichi started to ladder joust way before wrestling Dantaku ever hit. And I appreciated the fact that Zack Zaber Jr. was taking Loa to the outside and they had their own little moment of fighting and they fought to the back. While we still have this blood feud of Tai Chi versus Tama and the guys are pulling them apart and trying not to have them go all out before Dantaku. And so that really got me hyped and invested into the story and what's happening because finally we have a new layer. Finally, it feels like this may be the last time that they all fight each other. Well, after the granted tag team match that eventually will happen. And after that tag team match, I need to see some new tag teams go after G.O.D. I don't know if New Japan Pro Wrestling is holding out until we get the Good Brothers to come back to New Japan Pro Wrestling to face Tama and Loa only because Tama had tweeted out to Carl Anderson saying that, oh, I heard you were looking for me. So I don't know if we're going to wait until they can come over and face the Gorillas of Destiny. I understand that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are a big deal in the tag team world, but I just don't see the appeal of them as a tag team and how good they can be. If they really buckle down and be serious rather than following Kenny Omega and doing all these dick jokes and all these other stupid jokes that just don't hit home half the time. And, you know, I have a weird sense of humor, but most of the time, if it's funny, you know, I'll let you know. But the point is, is that if they get serious and they put on a really good wrestling clinic with the Gorillas of Destiny and have an outrageous match, then I could be like, all right, you know, all the hype that people give the Good Brothers, you know, it's real that they're one of the best tag teams to face and that when you face them, you better be prepared. Right now, I'm just like, eh, you know, how prepared can you be? You know, I just don't get it. 
I'd rather see the Grid of the Destiny face Finjuice impact world tag team champions against the Grid of the Destiny, the IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. That would be a very good fight. And that will solidify Finjuice if they get the victory over G.O.D. as one of the best teams to face them. Because obviously the Grid of the Destiny don't believe that Finjuice are even on their level. So let's have matches where other wrestlers don't feel like their opponents are on their level because those make for the best storylines in professional wrestling. It's the age old tale of the underdog story, but you can tell it however you want to. You can be as creative as you want to. And the moment that you believe in your heart that you are better than your opponent. It makes everything that much sweeter. If the Gorillas of Destiny went against Finjuice, Brand versus Brand, and Finjuice got the victory, not only will it set the wrestling world ablaze, but it would also solidify them as being one of the best tag teams out there that can represent both New Japan Pro Wrestling and represent Impact Wrestling. And who would have thought that Impact Wrestling would have given Finjuice the Impact World Tag Team Championships in the first place? That means that all the hard work that David Finley and Juice Robinson has done throughout their careers actually means something. And they are one of the best in this business, both of them combined, and they are serious competitors in this crazy world of professional wrestling. And I would definitely hype this up so much. And I would definitely tell you guys the wonderful story to push the narrative that Finn Juice is really good and that G.O.D. has always been really good. And I do this with almost every wrestler that I talk about on this podcast episode. And I know I'm getting away from the ladder match. I know I am. So back to the ladder match and how Tai Chi and Tama changed the game. So both men start off with strikes and attacks. They don't necessarily lock up. You're not going to see chain wrestling. You're not going to see technical wrestling at the beginning of this match. Now it's just beating the shit out of each other before they realize that neither men are going to surrender to the amount of strikes that they do to one another. So after a bit of fighting to open up the match with some strikes, clothesline, Tai Chi trying to choke out Tamatanga in the beginning. They decide to get the ladders and they decide to start jousting with it. For those of you that don't know what jousting is in the Middle Ages, they will have people on top of horses hold these long, big ass spears and they would run at each other and bam, jousting. That was exactly what they were doing in the ladder match. So Tai Chi, so tai chi is down and Tama goes to the outside and grabs the ladder. He grabs a short one. Of course he does. He comes back into the ring, puts it in the middle of the ring, starts climbing it, notices that it's too short and decides to give some shots to Tai Chi as he comes down from the ladder to keep him grounded. And then Thomas sets the ladder up into the corner, sends Tai Chi into the ladder and then a splash to Tai Chi on the ladder as well. Tama is really wanting to hurt Tai Chi at this point. And again, it feels real. It feels like he really wants to end this kind of quickly and make sure that Tai Chi is really hurt so he doesn't have enough strength to eventually get the Iron Fingers. 
So Thomas sends Tai Chi into the ladder. He follows right behind. However, Tai Chi blocks Tama's attack. And this allows Tai Chi to do a back body drop on Tama onto the ladder. And when Tama comes crashing down on the ladder, it looked like he hurt his ankle in the process. Tai Chi then brings in the long ladder into play and tries to suplex Tama onto it. However, Jado shows up. There's an elbow to Tai Chi's head. Doki comes in, takes the ladder away. Tama clotheslines him. Tai Chi then hits Tama with the ladder. Tai Chi tries climbing the ladder to get the iron fingers, but Tama stops him. Tai Chi knocks Tama off the ladder and Tai Chi decides to jump off the ladder in pursuit of Tama Tonga, only to get caught in the gun stun. Doki then interferes and does a springboard kick to Tamatanga and tries to wake up Tai Chi to encourage him to get the iron fingers. Jado comes in with a kendo stick and hits Doki in the back and decides to roll out Tai Chi. Jado takes some tape and starts taping the rest of Tai Chi to the barricade calls to Tama to wake him up and let him know what he's done. And this is where Tama goes and gets the ladder, positions it, and tries to climb up and get the Iron Fingers. However, Zack Zabra Jr. comes out. And he goes straight for the ladder that Tama Tonga is on and pushes the ladder. Tama falls off. Jado comes in and tries to help. However, Zack Zabra Jr. twists his neck with his feet and, and Zack Zabra Jr. goes immediately to Tai Chi, takes the tape off of the barricade and rolls Tai Chi back into the ring. Out comes Loa. Loa attacks Zack Zabra Jr. and Tai Chi. Loa then tries to powerbomb Tai Chi onto the ladder. There was that long ladder that Tai Chi had got from ringside and put it in between the ring and the barricade. However, Zack Zabra Jr. comes in and saves Tai Chi and gives some forearms to Loa. Loa gives one huge forearm to Zack Zabra Jr. and then does his finisher eat shit to Zack Zabra Jr. as well. There's a short arm clothesline to Tai Chi by Loa and then a powerbomb. However, Doki saves Tai Chi from that. Loa catches Doki and powerbombs him through that ladder between the apron and the barricade. There is the magic killer attempt. However, Tai Chi fights out of that and forearms Tama, kicks Loa, and Tai Chi decides to low blow Tama. Jado comes in and tries to hit Tai Chi in the back with the candlestick, but Tai Chi absorbs that hit from Jado, and now Jado's in trouble. Tai Chi judo flips Jado onto the ladder and climbs the ladder because no one is there to challenge tai chi except that tama decides to get up climb the ladder with tai chi and tries to get him down tai chi then choke slams tama off the ladder that was something i wasn't expecting and so tai chi tries again to climb the ladder tama absorbs the pain fights through the pain and gets up again to hit tai chi with a smaller ladder and Tama is about to powerbomb Tai Chi onto the table that got set up into the ring. However, that doesn't work. Tai Chi decides to hit Tama's head against the ladder rung. And as they continue fighting on the ladder, Tama just basically says, fuck it, and tries for another gun stun. However, it gets blocked. It gets reversed. And Tai Chi pushes Tama off the ladder and he falls into the table. 
and this allows Tai Chi to climb the rest of the way up and get those iron fingers, winning the match. So you heard me break down the match, tell you exactly what happened in the match. So what makes this match special and different from other ladder matches that we've seen throughout the years from different companies all around the world? This match had all the drama, all the story elements, and 33 years of violence from Zuka's terror of reign of New Japan Pro Wrestling, even Pro Wrestling Noah wrapped up in a very good ladder match that gave us everything and then some. Usually in ladder matches, it's just straight ladder matches and that's it. We don't necessarily get to see a lot of tables unless the stipulation is tables, ladders, and chairs. But for this particular match in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it was really nice to see that we got a chance to have a table spot, even though you knew that something was going to happen when it was set up, but you didn't know who was going to go through that table. You didn't know if it was going to be Tama or Taichi, maybe Jado, maybe Doki, maybe Loa, maybe Zack Zaber Jr. The overall theme in this match is definitely friendship and family. Loa would definitely come out and help out Tama whenever need be. Family is family. The same thing with Zack Zaber Jr. and Tai Chi. Zack Zaber Jr.'s friendship with Tai Chi is really unbreakable and really at the forefront. You actually see how much Zack Zaber Jr. loves his tag team partner, Tai Chi. And it was very evident at the very end of this match where he's celebrating with Tai Chi and Doki for... Tai Chi winning the Iron Fingers and gives the mic to Tai Chi and Tai Chi officially lays to rest the Iron Fingers that was given to him. So the curse of 33 years of those Iron Fingers, of all the violence that has been put into those Iron Fingers have been finally laid to rest. And this ladder match is definitely an ode to the Iron Fingers, to Izuka for all those years of him putting his blood, sweat, and tears into New Japan Pro Wrestling, into Pro Wrestling Noah, and wrestling as a whole. So it's a bit different of the storytelling that we usually see in ladder matches here in the States. This had a lot of drama into it. This had a lot of family meaning into it. And you kind of figure that, of course, if Jado is out there, there's going to be some type of Bullet Club tactic that Bullet Club always does. But Bullet Club has friends in high places. Bullet Club always looks out for one another. And that's what Suzuki Goon does, too. Suzuki Goon looks out for each other. Tai Chi looks out for Zack. Zack looks out for Tai Chi. And Doki is just everywhere to make sure that both Zack and Tai Chi are good and they are safe and that no one interrupts them. So it was definitely a story of friendship, a story of overcoming the bullies that you meet along the way. Because if you guys remember when I reviewed the first time that Tai Chi and Tama Tonga went after each other for the Iron Fingers, Tama basically bullied Tai Chi and took the Iron Fingers and made a mockery out of it and told these jokes 
and Tai Chi was very upset about it. You don't disrespect legacy in those iron fingers of 33 years of violence. Tama didn't care, but Tama was having fun. And this was at the new beginning. So if you guys want to go check out that podcast episode, it is called The Ballad of the Iron Fingers. And this is going to be called The Ode to the Iron Fingers, most likely. I'll play around with the title. But just know that New Japan Pro Wrestling can tell great stories. When the time comes to perform, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, Zack Zaber Jr., Taichi, Jado, and Doki are on a different level than most when it comes to storytelling here in the States. That was a lot of emotion to go through, and it was a great ride. I didn't expect anything, like I said earlier in this podcast episode, and just knowing the end result. I wasn't upset that Tama didn't get the Iron Fingers and started messing around with people backstage and doing stupid skits and stuff like that. I was very content with how the outcome came about. And now maybe we could get to a more serious Dangerous Techers heading into their, yes, granted IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship title match against the Gorillas of Destiny. I really want to see something new from both Zack Zaber Jr. I really want to see something new from Zack Zaber Jr. and Tai Chi when they take on the Gorillas of Destiny. Now that the Iron Fingers are not involved in the match or anywhere near Tai Chi's person, then there is no need to have any disqualifications. There is no need to put blame on the Dangerous Techers for losing because the Iron Fingers got in the way. Now the Iron Fingers are laid to rest. We can have an actual match with high stakes, high emotion, and see if Dangerous Techers can take those IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships off of G.O.D., you guys already know my stance on it. I'm going to say it here in this episode. They are not going to take those IWGP heavyweight tag team championships off of G.O.D. I need a different team to do that. Maybe Finjuice, maybe Hanare and Jeff Cobb. Maybe I can dream and I could dream that you guys definitely enjoy my analysis of talking about the iron fingers giving you a little bit of a story time to let you guys know who azuka is and all of his accolades and what he means to pro wrestling and new japan pro wrestling and pro wrestling noah so if you guys enjoyed this review of tamatanga taking on taichi for those iron fingers make sure to show this episode some love and these are the ways that you could definitely do that head over to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. If you want to leave your thoughts, just click on the button that says voice message, leave your thoughts. I'll listen to it, play it on the next podcast. If you want to tip me for my hard work, you are more than welcome to do so. Make sure to hit that tip button and just give me whatever you desire. All this could be done on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. If you want to take it a step further and support the website, that I'm on. Head over to www.ravagelands.com. We have a lot of recommended watches. We have my podcast on there. We have indie wrestler Mr. Too Good JDL for showing the world why he is indeed too good. 
And we also have gaming videos on there as well. If you want to support that, head over to www.ravagelands.com where you can sign up to be a member and also sign up to the newsletter. We have a lot of exclusive stuff coming out soon. Just give us a chance to get that out to you guys. And if you want to take it further and continue talking to me about professional wrestling 24-7, head over to Twitter. Make sure to follow me and at me at Marie underscore Shadows. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I really hope that you enjoyed this review of the latter match of Wrestling Dantaku Night 1. You have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.